Welcome to Random Bible Thoughts with Russ. <clears throat> We're going to continue our study in John, John chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse 9b and through 17. Now this is following after Jesus healed the paralyzed man at the uh, pool, Bethesda, Bethesda, I think that's right, how you pronounce it. Anyways, he healed the, pool, the man at the pool and told the man, take up your bed and walk. This man had been lame for 38 years, and Jesus just simply said, take up your bed and walk. And so as he's walking, he runs into some Jews, or Jewish leaders. So let's just uh, get right into it. John 5, verse 9b through 17. This is out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. It is unlawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, the man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man had been healed, did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this is why Jesus, the Jews, were persecuting Jesus because he was doing things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. Alright, that's the scripture. Let's just get into it verse by verse here. 9b Now that day was the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? It's a day of rest that God established after his working work creating everything on earth that's in genesis 2 1 through 3 thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them and on the seventh day god finished his work that had been done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done so god blessed the seventh day and made it holy because of it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, I've already done a study on the Sabbath, the day of rest, and you can see that on my YouTube channel, Random Bible Thoughts with Russ, a moment in the word, the day of rest. But looking at Genesis 2, 1 through 3, God established the Sabbath for man to be have a specific day to rest specific day to rest. Some will hold strictly that day is on Saturday. I hold that it can be any day of the week. For this event, it was on the Sabbath and no work was to be done according to the Jewish leadership. So 
verse 10. So the Jews, and there's a footnote here, and I'll read that footnote after I'm done with the scripture. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. The footnote here says the word Jews is a Greek word, and I didn't prep this, I should have. Lodeo, or something, I don't know. L-O-U-D-A-I-O-I. And it refers specifically here to Jewish leaders and others under their influence who opposed Jesus in the time. Also seen in verse 15, 16, and 18. Instead of focusing on the miracle that had happened, they focused on a law that had been expanded on, not what God's initial intent was, uh, I don't believe, but they expanded on it to what, oh, yeah, I just said that, okay, and on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day, that's in Genesis, I just read that a little bit ago, so God's intention was a day of rest from all his work. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because of it, God rested from all his work they had done in creation. God rested. Now, quite frankly, God doesn't need the rest. If he's gone, he doesn't need the rest. And the work for him was probably pretty, pretty simple. So at this point, the Jews, Jewish leaders said to the man, is working because he is carrying his bedroll. And later we'll see that Jesus is accused of working on Sabbath by healing people. And that's work that goes against the law, that is the Torah. Against their understanding of the law. The Mishnah makes carrying anything on the Sabbath unlawful. What is the Mishnah? Well, simple explanation, I'm going to get a little bit more depth here. The simple explanation is it was used by Jewish leadership to interpret the law, the Torah. Now, at the time of this event, the Mishnah did not exist. It was a tradition passed down from one generation to the next until it all got compiled. Uh, here's uh, what the mission is a little bigger, little longer explanation. I'll be looking at my off the side here on my other screen. The mission is the first major work of the rabbinic literature consisting of teaching transmitted over hundreds of years and compiled around 200 CE. It covers agricultural, ritual, civil, criminal, and temple related laws presenting a multiple, multiple Simplicity of legal opinions incorporated occasional and occasional stories. It is the foundation of the Jewish oral tradition which continues with the Talmud, which is the Talmud is a um, uh, what's the word um, commentary. The mission is a commentary on the Torah and the Talmud is a commentary on the Mishnah. Oh, here it is. Yeah, even. And the Talmud, a work that is structured as a commentary on the Mishnah. So there you go. So the Mishnah, oops, that's not what I wanted to do. 
There we go. So the Mishnah is used before it was compiled together. It was a, just an oral tradition passed down on what the Torah means. And you can see throughout Scripture that man, the Jews, had added to what was said, what God said. It said breast. And, and I'll get into this a little bit more here because I have more to say about the Sabbath. Were the Jews correct in telling the man he can't carry his bed on the Sabbath? Trying to decipher what God had in store for the Sabbath and how the Jews looked at the Sabbath can be and is somewhat confusing. What I'm not going to do is say if the Sabbath is Saturday or Sunday. And here is why. Romans 14, 5-6 One person esteems one day as better than another. Excuse me, I know that just... Oh, thank you. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. Since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So as far as I'm concerned, whatever day you take specifically to honor the Lord is your Sabbath. This verse shows that whatever day you observe, you do it in honor of the Lord, as I just said. Let's look at some Old Testament verses on the Sabbath, and there are plenty of them. Let's start with X, and I'm not going to, I mean, there's a lot of them, but I'm only going to take a couple, a few here and, and um, go through those. And I have queued up on my other monitor how to pronounce some of these words so I don't have to struggle through them. Exodus 28 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And it will shall be do oh, Let me start over. Verse 10. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your sons or your daughters, your male servants or your female servants, or your livestock or your, your sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So let's look at verse 9 and then we'll look at verse 10. In verse 9 there are a couple words that I think we need to be understood. The word for labor, and I'll get it pronounced here in just a second. Here we go. Strong's H fifty-six forty-seven. Avad. 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 Pronounce. 
Well, you just heard the pronouncing, pronunciation. There are various definitions depending on the particle before the verb. All have basically apply doing work for another or a job type of work. Doing work for others and or a job type work. For examples, to work for another, serve another by labor, serve as subjects, to labor, to work, to do work, to be worked, to be tilled of the land, to compel to labor or work, cause to labor or cause to serve. It all has to do with working that I believe is referring to working that may cause, make you money. You know, it's a job. It's a job. We're resting from the job. Next word is work. Here is the pronunciation of that. If I got it queued up right, Strong's H forty-three ninety-nine. Melacha. 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 Oh, I think I just. Never mind. I got it. Melacha. Although labor and work have similar meanings, they're basically the same. But they are indeed two different words in the text. The definitions for melahak is occupation and business, or public business, following with these two examples: political and religious. Interesting. Interesting. So you're not supposed to do any labor for other people, and you're not supposed to be doing your occupation or your business. And this almost gets me to think: Is uh, are those that um, preach on Sunday? That's their Sabbath. Are they breaking the Sabbath? It's a public business with following two examples: political and religious. We can see that work is doing business that has a potential to make money. Interesting that under the oh. There, I just already said that. I got ahead of myself. So let's look at Exodus twenty-three twelve. Okay, let me um, find that real quick here. I didn't cue that one up. Let's just take me a moment. It's almost there. Exodus 23:12. Six days you shall do all your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rest, and the son of your servant woman and the alien may be refreshed. Six days you shall do your work. This is a different word for work than in the following script, and then the scripture I just read, but it has. These following meanings: to labor, to work, to labor, business pursuit, or undertaking enterprise. And here's how the word sounds: Strong's H 4639. Masai. 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 And there. Now I don't have to butcher it trying to say it. 
that great. And here's what I call a Russell phrase. That's where I take the scripture and I just kind of talk it. Say, say if I was writing this down myself, this is what it would sound like. Here's the Russell phrase of Exodus 23:12. Do all your business in six days. Give your employees the seventh day off and all your equipment a rest. I. So I'm right now. I'm looking at the Sabbath as a a time where you don't do work. Work that、um, creates money. It's a business. You're not to do your business. You're to rest from it. And that's just part of it. You know, the Sabbath is a day of rest. You rest from.、It. And part of the Sabbath is you focus on God. And you can do that in many ways.、So、I was speaking to my、uh, friend in Nebraska this morning. You know, he may go mowing the lawn, okay, and and my、uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, basically, his Sabbath is on Sunday, and my Sabbath is on Sunday, and I'll even go a little further than that here in a little bit. But he talked about how he could be mowing the lawn on his little lawn tractor there, mowing the lawn. And he's at rest. He's not working. This thing's doing the work for him. But he's sitting there. He's clearing his mind. He's thinking about, you know, whatever.、Um, but he he can reflect on God also while mowing the lawn. Day of rest. It's not work. It's rest. Nehemiah thirteen fifteen. In those days, I saw in Judah people tre- treading wine presses on the Sabbath. And bringing in heaps of grain, and loading them on donkeys, and also wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of loads, which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath. And I warned them on the day when they sold the food. Okay, in Nehemiah, they were doing work on the Sabbath, or maybe better stated, is they were doing business. On the Sabbath, I warned them on the day they sold food. Probably indicates that the goods being made on the Sabbath got sold on a different day. Business was being conducted on the Sabbath. They were preparing goods for sale. That's work. That's labor. Although some will argue that on the Sabbath you don't do anything, it's a day of rest. What is rest for me may not be rest for you. It's a day to reflect on God. As Bible-believing Christians, don't you reflect on God daily? So would that make every day a Sabbath day? Why did God declare a Sabbath for man? He declared the Sabbath for man. Mark two twenty-seven, and he said, and Jesus. And he said to them, and he, boy, sometimes I just get all tongue-tied and whatnot. And part of the problem is I'm looking over my camera at my notes, so therefore it gets a little confusing sometimes. In Mark two twenty-seven, and he, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. So God put that 
the Sabbath a day of rest so that you can rest, so you can unwind, so your body can relax. To have a specific day just to focus on God even, you know, uh, however that may happen. I like to work with wood out my garage. And I can look at that wood and, and make something, create something out of it, and go, God, thank you for this talent. I mean, it's not a great talent. I'm not. I make some kind of neat things, but it's you know, it's a day of rest, day to unwind, a day to just relax. Prior to this verse, Jesus and the disciples were going through the grains of field and eating the grain. The Pharisees questioned Jesus as to why they were working on the Sabbath. My question is, if you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath, you're not supposed to travel on the Sabbath, you're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath, why are the Pharisees being so hypocritical out about doing work? As I've showed in Exodus 29, the word for work means public business, including religious business. So aren't the Jews, the Jewish leaders, aren't they out there if they're saying, hey, what are you doing out here in the field? Aren't they doing their religious business? I use air quotes because we know the Pharisees. They say one thing and they do another. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Jesus had a few words about the Pharisees. Matthew 12, 34. You brought of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 12, 24 speaks to whom Jesus is speaking about in Matthew 12, 34. It's the Pharisees. They are supposed to be keepers of the law, yet they abuse it. It is of my opinion the man carrying his bed did not break the Sabbath. He wasn't carrying his bed to make money. He wasn't carrying his bed as a job. He wasn't carrying his bed as a servant. He was carrying his bed because he can walk. He can walk. That's why he's carrying his bed. It's from David Guzik's commentary. It is a Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. Carrying a bed, actually a sleeping mat or a bedroll, was in fact the violation of the rabbi's interpretation of the commandment against doing work or business on the Sabbath. It was not breaking of God's law of the Sabbath, but the human interpretation of God's law. It was not breaking God's law of the Sabbath, it was breaking the human interpretation of the law. Alright, verse 11. So, yeah, well, let me just back up a little bit. So, the Jews added multiple things to God's law. And God said, "Make bless the seventh day, make it holy, um, rest. The Jews added to that, carrying his bedroll, carrying anything. I read a story that uh, there was a fire in Israel. The firefighters called the rat, and it was on a Sabbath, on the Sabbath, a Saturday Sabbath. And the firefighters called the rabbis to see if they could 
go fight this fire and not break the Sabbath. Jewish leaders didn't answer the phone. That would be working. That would be working according to their interpretation. It took about an hour and a half for them to get an answer as to where they go fight this fire. By this time, it had spread to two other apartments. It's not what God means. It's not what God means. Versalem. But he answered them. The man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. His response to the Pharisees is similar to Adam's response to God in Genesis 3.12. Genesis 3.11-12. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I command you not to eat? Verse 12. The man said, the woman whom you gave me to be with me gave me the fruit and I ate. You see the resemblance? The man said, the man who healed me. That's why he's carrying his men. The man who healed me. Here it goes. Hey, I think I got something in here about it. Maybe I should stop before I get myself ahead again. They asked him, oh, see the, see, see the resemblance? Adam said the woman, this guy said the man who healed me. What was he supposed to say? Maybe something like this. I know it's a Sabbath, dude, but I've been lame for 38 years and now I'm healed. I'm carrying my bed. I don't know. I don't know what. They probably didn't say dude then. But you, you hear what I'm saying? Man has taken God's word and more than just the Torah and more than just his laws, but his words are overall God's word and it put their own twist on it to make it say more than what's there or make it say less than what is there. Verse 12 and 13, they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. And here's what Dr. Constable in his notes for John had to say. Significantly, the leaders did not show any interest, and I mentioned this already, I believe, in the man's cured condition. That should have shown them that Jesus was the Messiah. But they said, saw the healer as simply an offender, offender of the law, offender of the Torah. The man did not know who Jesus was. This indicated that it was not by his faith, not by his faith that had elicited the healing as much as God's grace. God's grace reached out to the needy person. Jesus had slipped away probably to avoid the premature confrontation with the leaders. Verse 14. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. As mentioned in my last study, when I started this, my last study, sin is probably the most likely cause 
of the man's problem, his issues. Sin no more. Jesus is telling this guy, don't use this chance to start over to sin. What may be worse than being lame for 38 years? How about death and hell? At this point, there is no indication that the healed man has come into a saving, born-again understanding of who Jesus is. Verse 15. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. The Jews may have told this man to find out who the man was that healed him and let them know. He may have been threatened. Or maybe he was just ungrateful or just unaware that telling the Jews who Jesus was would cause persecution of Jesus. Whatever the reason, man told the Jews who had healed him. The lame man is an example of someone who responded inappropriately to Jesus' sign. Thus he represents those whom even signs cannot lead to authentic faith. So after he found out who Jesus was, and it said Jesus came looking for him, or Jesus found him, it might be that Jesus would look for him to tell him exactly what he did. Don't sin no more. You know, Jesus may have wanted to speak to him a little bit more. But anyways, the man told on, told on Jesus, ratted him out. Verse 16, this, is, this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Remarkably, the healing seemed to make no difference to those who persecuted Jesus. All they could see was that their religious rule was broken, and the rule that went beyond the common command of Scripture itself, indicating others to break the law as they should, as they understood it, was worse than breaking it oneself. Back up here, let me say that again. All they could see was that their religious rule was broken. The rule that went beyond the command of Scripture itself, inciting other, inciting there we go, inciting others to break the law as they understood it, as their tradition understood, was worse than breaking it oneself. Therefore, they launched a campaign against Jesus, which was not relaxed until his death some 18 months later. Verse 17. But Jesus answered them, My father is working in town now, and I am working. Jesus did not try to explain that he had not truly worked on the Sabbath. Instead, he boldly explained to the religious leaders that his father, his father worked on the Sabbath, and therefore, Jesus, the Son, also worked on the Sabbath. This is from Clark's commentary. Though he, God, rested from creating, he never ceased from preserving and governing that which he had formed. In this respect, he cannot keep a Sabbath. He cannot have no Sabbath. For nothing can continue to exist or answer and and proposed by the divine wisdom and goodness without the continual energy of God. God. God does not have a Sabbath. For if he takes his hands off the earth and gives and rests and doesn't do anything, 
this this planet ceases, it stops. God keeps it in motion. Okay, just to finish this up here, the rest of God, the rest of God, on the seventh day was given for man's benefit, not God's, demonstrating a pattern of rest necessary for man's well-being. The religious leader did not miss the fact that Jesus claimed to be equal with God. They knew clearly that when Jesus said that, that God was his father in a unique way, he declared himself equal to God. He declared himself equal to God. All right. That is the end of this study for now. Um, if you like my videos, please give me a like. And... Oh, my mind's kind of going blank tonight. Give me a comment if you want. You can see this on Random Bible Thoughts with Russ on YouTube. Or you can hear my podcast on virtually any podcast channel platform uh, specifically Spotify and next study will be I think it's oh spot my camera okay next study will be John chapter 5 verse 9 18 verse 18 just one verse this time one verse but it's a really good verse here and I'll just read it to you real quick here verse 18 this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because not only was he breaking the Sabbath but he was even calling his own father making himself making himself equal with God that's the only verse I'm going to use and so we'll see what we can get out of that huh Again, if you like my uh, videos, please give me a like, give me a comment. If you're in Hill City, South Dakota, on Sunday, we have worship service at 8.30 and again at 10.15 at the Little White Church in Hill City, South Dakota. And a fellowship time in between the two. We'd love to have you join us. God bless.